Maybe today's the day I break 80 Want the ball to draw, but it keeps on fading No OB and no bogeys I gotta keep it on the 80, it's the gold Would you hit it on one? Straight up the gut, baby Now I got a wedge on my short game cravings Little bit of edge on the sport makes gravy So punch out the rough and tune to break 80 Break 80 Welcome to episode 30 of the Break 80 podcast. Mike and Tim going alone tonight as Jeff has officially lost his voice, which has been weeks in the making. Has it not been, Tim? Yeah, yeah. He's been sick for quite some time. I think it's because he's back onto all those fatherly duties that requires you to yell at your kid from the sideline. Yeah, I, I would think. He's coaching like elementary girls basketball. So I bet you he's just tearing into those kids. <laughs> no, I don't it's know. He, his, his voice was going like two weeks ago on the last episode too. So he is resting up, hoping for a uh, for full, healthy Jeff in uh, probably two weeks when we come back on. Well, uh, here's what we got for you tonight. We're going to talk a little pro golf, and then we uh, what, what was that about two weeks ago? We played a one club event at White Bear Yacht Club, which was unique. We got to talk about that, and then this last weekend we went to Duluth. And we played um, a couple of rounds at Northland for the first time in Cloquet Country Club. And the ground force was pumping as Tim Spikes didn't even make it through the full weekend. Lots of ground force, lots of maybe Ross, disputed Ross. Yeah. Yeah. And then we'll maybe finish up with who knows what at the end as we like to ramble on. So pro golf. Well, the king is back. Rory, the man, is back to world number one. Tim, your thoughts? I, I'm actually happy about it. I'm, I'm very happy about it, especially seeing some of the, the numbers released for 54 hole leads. Rory, 58%. JT, 54% since 2011. Tiger Woods, 100%. Never lost. Isn't that crazy? Absolutely. Never, um, especially wow. considering how much our games fluctuated in the three rounds of golf we played over the yeah. course of one weekend. We're on the same level as Tiger. Yeah. Well, actually, my for the first time in a long time, my my rounds didn't fluctuate that much, but I would have been nowhere close to the leaderboard. Yeah, uh, but, I, I don't know. Tiger's just a, a different animal altogether, and in his prime. Uh, absolutely, in his prime. But great but, to see Roy back on top. Uh, not great to see Scotty moving his feet, Scheffler, out of the number one spot. But a fun battle at uh, at Congaree. And what, yeah, and I think it all but Rory's Rory is the most talented player in the world. He he has had some ups and downs, but when he's all got it clicking, which he has pretty much for most of 2022 here, he's been really good. Um, there's no doubt in my mind, at least, that he's the best player on the planet when it's all when it's all clicking. Um, I believe he's been in the top 10 since like 2009 or something like that every year. Uh, so he's got a long run in the top 10. He's been number one before, but he's back to number one. Uh, Congaree, yeah, sweet course. Looks good for your guy, your guy, the, your guy, the Foz. Right? Foz, Foz does build a very good sand dunes related course. If it's heavy sand, if he gets away from the signature aerator fountain that you love, 
yeah. he tends to build a really good, almost Mike Strantz kind of feel course. Yeah. I like a Foz course like Congre where it's not a lot of bullshit. There's no waterfalls or any of that stuff. It's just a good, seemingly a good golf course. And it looks good on TV anyway. Um, but a good leaderboard. Rory was your champion. Followed, uh, where, did he, where did Rory shoot again? He was 17 under. Kurt Kitayama, 16. My guy, K.H. Lee, third place. 15, then John, Rahm, and Fleetwood right there at 14. So I we were all gone all weekend, so I didn't watch any of it. I didn't even watch on Sunday. Um, But I wish I would have with that with the leaderboard. Yeah, I'm going to be honest. We ended up going out in the, the warm to play Clifton Highlands, which just kicked all of our butts in the wind. There so. were not a lot of... I'm looking at scores. Nobody went really low except in round four. Taylor Montgomery shot nine under to finish at nine under in T13. Easily the low round of the of the day and probably the tournament, I suppose. Um, but yeah, that's uh, that's PGA Tour next week. Big big ups for the Bermuda Championship, the Butterfield Bermuda Championship stacked field we've got who do we got in this field we got bryce garnett we got russell knox nick taylor our guy callum Taren, ashley batea nick hardy aaron rye chesson hanley grayson sig bill haas all of your household names are in the field in bermuda at port royal, port royal golf course i have no picks because i frankly do not give a shit yeah i i wonder what keeps folks away i love the john your classic but i can see what keeps people away it's not a large purse there's not great accommodations it's not an easy airport there's not much to do within the city itself but in the caribbean you would think people would want to go you, you think people want to just see the sights get out of these dropping temperatures granted we've had some luck here in minnesota so far minus that snow but that being said so much of picking a spot is both the purse and and location uh, for players. It surprises me that they usually don't get more of a field at some of these Caribbean base events. And I is, wonder if that's just based on, on what they're paying out. Maybe well, these guys can go to the Bahamas or wherever, whenever they want on an off week and chill out too. So it's not like it's a huge draw. They all have private jets. I'm actually, I'm actually surprised the CJ cup gets a pretty good field. I wonder if they pay a little bit of money to get people there. You know, some Rory will pay a whatever, 400,000 if you just show up. Yeah. Or the, the WGC to Mexico city, um, you know, and not that the Mexico city doesn't have a ton going on, but still a, a long trip for guys. W um, uh, WGC though is a big, a big thing with big points. points. Yeah. So speaking of points, your guy Cam Smith from the Live still still holding in at number three in the in the world rankings. I, it's he's strong. He's strong. I think they're they're going to have to really take us serious. And if we're moving on to Live, we're moving to Miami. <laughs> All right, Tom, get the plane. Miami, Miami, baby. The, the Live goes to Miami to Doral. Yep, the Blue Monster. Um, which hasn't was formerly on the circuit for quite a while and yeah. uh, a top 100 for years and years and fell out of the rankings. We've got moved back into the rankings for top 100s 
uh, here in 2021. So good to see and good to see it back on on the national spotlight. Uh, it's got back to the days when Tiger was there. It's got to easily be um, of all the Trump properties in America, the most notable one. I would assume that people know, you know, Doral. Obviously, he's got what uh, Turnberry in Scotland is probably the most famous one, but in the United he's, States, I think Doral is probably the most notable one. He's actually coming off of uh, two events now. So there was the Aramco uh, women's event that was held at Ferry Point that actually looked really good. Yeah, Ferry Point looks okay. A lot of the Which, Trump courses like Bedminster and, and don't do a lot for me. Even Doral. I don't know if Doral. I think I think one of the reasons they probably moved Doral is in that spring uh, Florida swing, a lot of those courses look so similar. Like like the Honda Classic course with some water, Doral, Sawgrass, they all are very similar looking golf courses. All the Doral's got a shitload of water. Yeah, I'm going to be honest, Doral, visually, for most of the camera angles we're going to see, maybe it'll be different with some of the drone work that they do. Fairly boring from a, a viewership on TV perspective. So we'll see how Liv can kind of spruce it up a little bit, but you're really just looking at tons and tons of little lakes everywhere on that course I, to, to make it tough. I, uh, I, I don't know who does things for Liv sometimes, but I wonder. So this is supposedly their big championship, right, of season one of Liv. But they already awarded the player of the year to Dustin Johnson at Jeddah last week or whatever. Like, why the hell wouldn't you wait until your championship? It doesn't make any sense to me. Well, it was, uh, gosh, who who was I playing? Oh, uh, Javi and, and, and Luis on Sunday. And Javi already forked over 20 bucks by hole 14. So, <laughs> you know, maybe, maybe the live just knows that DJ's a, a surefire win and uh, there's no reason to, to keep keep adding up points at this point in time. I suppose. I don't know. I think it'll be uh, an interesting offseason. Uh, if, if anybody looked today in the news, Anthony Kim's name popped up, uh, AK, on the Live versus PGA Tour lawsuit uh, with a bunch of other players, Tiger and Rory. And um, I think, what did they say? Players who have communicated with the PGA tour over the last few years about some sort of alternate tour or something. It was just a list and he was on there, which is kind of bizarre. I wonder if, I wonder if, if he goes to live, does that get him out of his, his uh, insurance stuff that he doesn't play for? Yeah. For those, those listeners that may not know, and and this is a conspiracy theory straight from break 80. <laughs> uh, I, I forget what, what injury it was. Was it hand or wrist related? Wrist, I believe. Wrist, I yeah. believe. But AK had a massive insurance policy on himself, like most athletes, most surgeons, most people that work with with dexterities for a lot of money do take out on themselves. Uh, But when he was injured, he elected to to go take this insurance payout rather than continue to grind. And granted, AK was a great player, great player. Uh, Most birdies in one round at Augusta ever. Best belt buckle in a round. It was like straight from the rodeo, AK belt buckle. Big AK belt buckle. Oh, that's he a was a stud, heart. and he was an that's ass that. kicker, ass kicker in the Ryder Cup too. Yeah, yeah. Everything about AK was just fun to watch, and uh, even before that, he was doing these small circuits, almost like Wild World of Golf, pre Tiger Phil match, pre the match, uh, where he'd go out and play. And he's got a great video on YouTube still up from Kate Kidnappers. 
Yeah, I don't know. I, I don't know if if this even says anything or his name was just in there or if, or if his insurance policy is PGA Tour only and he can play in other stuff. Who idea? Who knows? But I thought it was interesting that his name was on this list of golfers. Fingers, fingers crossed. Rumor is that he'll still go out and play big money games against pros. Oh, yeah. He's, he'll, he's he'll, still pretty he'll good. He'll put I'm a sure. million on it. Oh, yep. sure. and, and he's still in his prime because he's still winning these matches against current pro golfers, allegedly. Yeah. I already got super long hair and he's just tatted everywhere now. And that's how he plays, <laughs> which I love. Just goes Let out, me, doesn't give a shit. I'm really. I'm really curious if there's any new photos because you said what the last press conference he did was 2015 was the last oh time he did a media press conference. And he said something about like golf is just a fond memory to me or something weird like that. Um, but yeah, I think he lives in like what Dallas or somewhere. Oh, here we go. Confirmed. Look at that full arm sleeve on the left arm. Yeah. He's all hair. tatted up and everything. This is making me feel old because he looks older now. He looks, really? yeah, he's got some age to him. Perfect live guy then. He fits right in with, with Westwood and Poulter. Big change. That would that would really bring some viewership. That would. Oh, my oh, God. People, would... A lot of golf fans would watch it for, if he played. I Absolutely. saw a little, little bit of shakeup in the live world with the, uh, who's the captain? Westwood's not the captain anymore, and Ian Poulter is of the one team. And somebody else, they switched up one of the other teams too. Somebody else is in this week. I don't really pay too much attention to the live, but... I'll probably watch a little bit here and there if we're not golfing this weekend or watching the Vikes win again. How about you? Speaking of football, oh, how God. about your team? What no. a fucking what a fucking disaster they are. That's why I played golf yesterday. <laughs> I don't know what football is. So it's about the time that they went what three and three last week that I decided I should probably just get a, a second job rather than continue to waste time watching Sunday football. They were. I watched bits and pieces of it. They were terrible. And as a Minnesota Vikings lifelong diehard fan, it's fairly enjoyable to watch this because Packers fans have been spoiled with two Hall of Fame quarterbacks for 40 years in a row, basically, and which in the NFL means everything. And uh, Aaron Rodgers does not look like Aaron Rodgers. Their team is just shitty. He hasn't thrown, he hasn't passed for 300 yards in 11 straight games. People are missing routes. They don't know the routes. Um, he hasn't. He hasn't looked very inspired. Wow. Pretty simple throwing mistakes here or there. Anyway, it's it's hard to watch. The guys here from the pod have had a big couple weeks of golfing when we've been off. First, uh, first of all, was it last Saturday? So about a week ago, a little over a week ago, Tim and I played in a one club event at the white bear yacht club. Uh, Before we go into what it was like playing with one club, Tim had never been to the white bear yacht club before your thoughts. I think it's fantastic. The undulation of the course, the amount of break in the greens was just fun. Uh, could definitely be, and I, I would rarely say this about many places, uh, just because I like the adventure of finding new golf courses frequently and playing a large variety of them. White Bear would be a place I could play once to, to twice a week, every week. Yeah. Without, right. without feeling burnt out or... Uh, without feeling like I've overplayed it just because there is so much complexity to that to that golf course and some of the whole designs are just so much fun yeah it's one of those courses I think you know you can play a lot without getting tired just because of all the quirks and the bounces and some of the pin placements and um, just how 
how you could play the golf course. And I know talking to some of the guys who are up in Duluth here that are members there, we'll get to that in a bit. Their superintendent is retiring after like 50 years out there. Uh, and I wonder, you know, if you get a little bit younger guy in there, that place would be crazy fun, even more if they firmed up the fairways and stuff, you know, cause they're fairly soft. I mean, they, you get rolled, but like, if you made those faster, you could hit some balls that went forever down some of those slopes and things like that. Have to say thank you to the guys that brought us out there as well. Yeah. Um, so Pete and Jack, big thank you, but it felt like, and we didn't get to see all the membership obviously, but it felt like a good core of young membership. So there might be that ability, that drive to make it firm and fast with the younger membership that's out there that, that wants those conditions. Yeah, I hope so. Yeah. From the guys that we, we played with here the last few weeks were out there. Awesome bunch of guys. Um, so we're very thankful they get us out. Anyway, one club. What club did you play with? The uh, good old Tin Cup 7-Iron. Oh, me too. Tin Cup. We, t- we both Tin Cupped it up. What I did, did you think? A lot what of people Tin Cupped it. Yeah, I think that's fairly, the, you know, the fairly standard club. Um, any, you know, you get down anywhere, anywhere lower and loft, and you can't get in the air sometimes if you need to. And you get a little bit higher, you can't reach uh, a lot the of the fairway holes. on a couple. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, we played up one box for the one cup. So we probably played it at, you know, it's not that long from the back tees alone. It's maybe 68 or something, 66. We probably played, what, 64 maybe? Yeah, that sounds uh, right. We were up a up a box, but so you could get to I got to a few of the par fours and two. Um we did realize on the range that if you if you lay it flat, the seven iron flat, and you full swing it and you aim like 40 yards left, it's just a massive high cut. You can get it way up in the air. Never did had, you did you successfully do that shot? I, I tried. It was I, not successful. I I never attempted. Um but uh the one club I would like to do more of. I thought it was fun as hell. No, no range finder, nothing. Just walked around. I had a towel and a seven iron and one golf ball just cruising around. The The only quarrel I have with it was you just wanted to have a beer and you really didn't have anywhere to put it. So you just, you have your two hands, you've got your one <laughs> club and then whatever else is there. There's no room for golf balls. Granted, you shouldn't really lose any, but you never, you never know. Your range finders, if someone has it, it's in their back pocket, then your yardage books and the other one. I felt like we needed a backpack or, yeah. God forbid, cargo pants just to a get nice, around the course with one club. A nice small backpack. I could see you with a fanny pack. Just a fanny pack golf. Oh, yeah. Off yeah. the back. A little reverse it on the back with some beers in it. That'd be, that'd be baller. The break 80 fanny. Yeah. That might have to get into the merch, merch zone once we get a website going here. Yeah. Yeah, we got to figure out what to call it. It might be called the Merch Zone now. Yeah, that would be good with the Merch Zone. Um, yeah, I don't know. I thought it was great. What did what'd you fire? Seven iron only. What was the score? Yeah, I think what I was a 70 or, or 97. 97, broke 100. We putted everything out. No gimmies, nothing. We put it at all. I think I had 89. I lost by a shot. And remember that. Ironically, when we finished up our 18 and we loaded up the full bags because we got to go out for another nine, I had four or five three-putts still with my putter. <laughs> Things did not improve. I might have been worse with my full set that back nine when I got cold. I don't know. I think I shot 43 on the front with just a seven iron because I, I parred the last four holes. And then where did I fuck up? Oh, gosh, 15. 
I had the perfect number, 700, 700. I was like perfect for that hole. I hit to a good number. All I had to do is hit a normal 700 like any other round of golf. And I yanked it into the fescue, and then it was a shit show, and it made triple. See, I, I, I can only think of one standout hole in my round, and that was number three. Oh, yeah. 130 yards downhill with a seven iron and about an inch, inch and a half from going in. The little nearly, seven, nearly, and this is where it stopped. It stopped an inch and a half short of the, of the hole. The other, that's line. like the little signature par three on the golf course with the, with the bridge right next to it and the way sloped down. If, um, if you would have made a hole in one with a seven iron, I might've just fucking quit golfing because <laughs> as, as I was reading that story, you sent me today about the husband and wife that made a hole on the same goddamn hole. I'm like, come on. And I've golfed a billion rounds of golf and can make one. <laughs> yeah. I, uh, I got pretty close at, uh, Northland too, to a whole, like, uh, maybe a foot, foot and a half. And then nearly, nearly had a, um, an Eagle go in. Yeah. throw them off the fairway so i was telling the guys we're gonna have to keep playing together if i'm gonna keep getting this lucky all the time i had one up can't there. go anywhere i had one up there that um that if the greens were a little quicker because they were kind of putting them to bed might have been in the first day on 17 it was right at it stopped like two feet short but if you know they were so slow um yeah any other thoughts on white bear yacht club no i was going to ask if it's time for a smooth transition to northland Yep. Um, White Bear Yacht Club. Great, great, by the way, merchandise and the best logo in Minnesota, in my opinion. When they use the flag, when they use the flag logo. I think it's the best when the bear is holding the flag. Maybe, yeah. Just a great logo. on the flag. I know. You need the corporation. I think they mess around a little bit with the bear. You know, they have that new logo. It looks kind of like the Chicago Cubs when they have just their bear, that old one, you know. Mm-hmm. It's kind of logo, but I love the flag logo. That thing is sweet. Yeah, rocking it right now. Yep. All right. So after the uh, one club, we were sitting in the in the pro shop at White Bear Yacht watching. Oh, Tennessee beat Alabama. We sat and watched that uh, field goal, and people were tallying up whatever points. And and the, the members go, "Hey, you guys want to want to play at uh, Northland next weekend?" And we were like, you know. Hell yeah, of course. Now have never Absolutely. played it before. Tim had played there once before, but I had not. So we uh this last weekend we packed up and we headed up to the to the Northland. And if you don't know Gordon Lightfoot, the wreck of the Edmund Fitzgerald, you're just not a Minnesotan, apparently. Like, speaking of Speaking of that Tennessee win, though, uh, that's exactly what I'm going to do when I win my first match against you. I'm stealing the flagstick or a goalpost. Yeah. Um, Something's coming home. Yeah. You know, we did have a few matches. What is the career record right now? I was just guessing that I'm 0 24 and 2. <laughs> we it's should, getting we could, close, folks. We could spend an entire podcast episode this winter talking about just that one fucking round at at papago and how, <laughs> how crazy that how place was. matched it was just ripped apart just total reno- playing golf literally in the middle of almost a total renovation <laughs> just bizarre uh Still anyway yeah this fall <laughs> so last was it let's see friday here we uh we headed up to duluth to play northland country club um twice we played friday 
and Saturday morning. Then Tim and I played Cloquet Country Club on the way back, which we'll get to. But on Northland, I had never been there. You'd been there once, correct? Yeah. Yep. Yep. Greens were a little faster last time I was up four weeks ago about. And I don't know, you know, um, first impression, you know, I don't know if there's a more scenic golf course in Minnesota, really, just because of the lake. You got the lake effect, you're up on the hill. You see the lake everywhere. The colors were still somewhat decent, actually. They weren't like all falling off and everything. So uh, Northland was sweet. They were kind of putting it to bed for the winter. So the greens were, were kind of, they were sandy and kind of slow, but um, I can imagine when they're fast in the summer that, that Northland is just tougher and hell around the greens. Yeah. And the first time I went out, they had the, the sheets available. So those clocks that we talk about and mm-hmm. for listeners that haven't been or might not know this, they refer to it as the clock, but each one of the greens doesn't break in the orientation at which it looks like it breaks in the orientation of the clock. And, and what that means is they give you a number, a three, a four thirty, a seven, whatever it might be. And regardless of the break on that green, the ball is going to that clock number. Yeah. So you, you actually read the greens based on a, uh, a clock sheet they give you. Yeah. Um, the, the lake effect is that great. Um, for those of you who don't know where Northland is, it's kind of on the North side of Duluth up on kind of the side of the hill. And the clock that Tim's talking about, they have a ball marker that we had that you literally stand on the front of the green and it tells you like hole one, uh, 4.30. And that means everything is just funneling towards what 4.30 would be on a clock because of the lake effect is so severe, um, which is super unique. I've never seen anything, I've never seen anything like that with that clock system or anything. I, you know, I've played some courses that have a little bit of lake effect, but, uh, you know, when you play in the desert, there's supposedly a mountain pole or whatever, but... I can imagine if the greens are really fast that that's a pretty substantial thing. I actually thought it was, well, maybe this is I'm a shitty putter and three puttered a bunch on these slower greens because they're, you know, like I said, they're. It has nothing to do with the with them the, the greens being shitty. They were just they're just getting it ready for the winter up there to make sure it's it comes out next year. Um, but I think it was really hard with the slower greens. Cause you're trying to figure out, okay, the lake effect, but yet I got to kind of hammer this and take some break out to get it there on some of the longer putts. Uh, so I was a disaster on the greens, but um, yeah, you had her going for a while, huh? Oh yeah. Yeah. On it Friday. was uh, on, on Friday. It was really good. I, part of that was some of the pressure was off me. One of the guys that we were with Brad ended up going birdie, birdie, birdie pars the easy par five he said he he's never parted he doesn't think um it's always yeah. a birdie or eagle hole hole four is an easy yeah, i birdied both rounds i think it's and i believe he went birdie par par birdie to to close out the round and then he started birdie 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 so at one point in time he was he had to have been nine nine well, under th- eight under he shot 31 on the front yeah and that's a and it's a par thirty five on the front. No, thirty six on the 36. front. Thirty six. He was five He's under five on the up. front, and then he went three birds in a row. So he was eight under through uh, what twelve? Yeah, we uh, we had the same problem on the the same hole. Okay, so we so, get the four. So Tim is playing well. I'm I, I mean, was. I meanwhile, we were not in the same group. We we're trying to do kind of a match play, like texting scores back and forth. 
I think I shot uh, like 38 on the front nine. I, yep. I parred one. I actually had a, I had a good run into one and missed a short birdie putt. And then I bogeyed two and three, uh, mainly because I wasn't sure if I was going to make it up those hills. Holy shit balls. I was sweating my ass off. Oh, it especially was hot. In the it was hot. Yeah. Holes two and three are, are a beast getting up the hill. Um, I had followed yeah. suit as well. Uh, similar to your score, 38 on the front and birdied every par five. Rarity to, to say that, but was three under on the par fives. But we were in a, we, so we were in a good match. And then I, I got a little more Edmund Fitzgerald for you folks for Timmy's, uh, what happened in hole 14 and 15. And Timmy crashed and burned. What yeah, happened? So, so I believe it was 14. And that was just a gnarly pin placement, too. I don't know why that pin had to be on that knob, a yard off the back right corner. I, it was just so tucked. I would, but, I would call the pin on 14 one of the, you know, it's not an intimidating golf hole. It's just a straightaway, fairly short golf hole um but the green is has a crazy slope on one side and this pin is like right next to the edge for a hole with like no water you know there's nothing that can really penalize you you know no lateral hazard anything that was a super intimidating pin placement you did not even try to sniff it up by that pin nowhere near it no and then second second time we played it on on saturday almost made a mistake there too got lucky but Went left on Friday, had to punch out of the trees, um, and then got intimidated by that hole. Ended up hitting it long right. Not a good spot. Tried to flop it up. Uh, just missed getting the flop up, chipped up, and put it in for a double. So first, kind of the first issue with the round there, I went from being three over to five over, and then went into uh, number 15, which easy hole Super downwind easy. downwind down the hill you could hit it like three so far down yeah you probably <laughs> hit the green almost i was like 30 yards short it was like 400, yeah. 410 yard hole i proceed to completely pop it right into the right fairway which had to be 100 yards to the right at least uh so you had a 30 yard chip i had a seven iron <laughs> and uh it's on a down slope and i'm thinking okay it should go to the right let's play for a cut hit this big pull under pressure, uh, and I'm, I'm way left, hit it into the bunker, got out of the bunker, got it on. Ended up with a triple. One of the guys in the group hit it OB and, and got a lower score than I did. So um, <laughs> without an OB ball. But finished par, par, and then going into 18, what's been, it has been called the toughest, one of the toughest closing holes in Minnesota golf. The I, green is tough. The, comp, the, the elevated green with a super false front. I would like to say for the record, I'm one under on my three rounds at, at Northland on that hole. Super nice. easy hole. Yeah, uh, I went I went super melt on more in the backs. So I went I actually not super melt. I went 38. I shot 39, I think. 38, 39 for a 77. Um but I went like I bogeyed. Um well 10, I shanked one. 
on 10. It, it didn't go Ooh. out of bounds. It didn't go out of bounds or anything. It like went up right of the green. It shanked Ooh, a, a hosled wedge. Uh, Jeff is not here this evening. So the morality police aren't here, but I, I can't believe you use that word. That's I know. a dirty word. Um, <laughs> it's uh, yeah. I hit a just awful shot. Made bogey on 10 from the fairway. And then um, 14. 14 that that hole we were talking about i pulled one so far left into the woods my ball was sitting on the white line the painted white line so it was in play but i made bogey there and then 15 that easy fucking hole was like 410 yards straight downwind i was like 30 yards short and way downhill so it just goes forever i was like 30 yards short front pin i was like okay we're gonna try to do like a little bump and run like wedge and i hit it like 10 feet didn't go anywhere to stop say so you uh you ducked I fucked two on that, that hole i fucked you that hole twice on that hole back to i back. did i did make par the first day though i got the next one up and down oh my god but yeah i ducked fucked that up twice the and then that next par three i three jacked no the next was a par four ball was below my feet i hit pulled it left of course bogeyed there i did birdie 17 hit it like two feet and part 18 to shoot i think 77 and I think Jeff shot 78. Would you end up 79? 70, I believe 79. Yep. So the entire yeah. break, the entire break 80 podcast did in fact break 80 in round one at North. Very Country successful. Club. Mine came down to that putt too on 18, 177 yards out. It's getting yep. cold, pretty much dark. And yep. all you boys are up on the patio watching it come in. <laughs> yeah, and I bird. struck it to four feet, four and a half feet, and, and made the what was a two and a half foot breaker. I sat there up there. We were sitting up there drinking the Guinness, and I was like, "Oh no, Tim's got to make. Is he going to putt this with the wedge because he's got a little more confidence in his wedge putting?" <laughs> but it made it. Um, yeah, and your money game in your group was decidedly lopsided, correct? Yeah. Where's first off? Where's my money, bitch? Where's my <laughs> money? I haven't gotten paid yet, but it was myself, Brad, and Marty on a team. And obviously Brad was doing Brad things, shooting a 66, two off the course record with a, a double <laughs> on a hole and a bogey. An OB, um, get an OB. And with, yeah. Uh, myself with four birdies, two of them on holes that I had bumps on. So two net, two net eagles. Um, and Marty was, was helping out on a few of the, the holes where we had screwed up. So a very dominant team. I think we won 25 to two playing $5 points. <laughs> Nice. So we, we were racking it up. It might even been more than that, uh, but a, a huge W and so much fun. It's fun to watch you play, Mike. You've never, you've never been in the realm to, to get a course record yet yeah, that I've seen. Crazy. Yet. Crazy. I mean, think about that. Uh, What's course record? 64? 64. And I would argue, you know, I've only, Brad's a really good player. He's played in a bunch of uh, state am stuff and everything plays out of North Oaks. Um, I would almost argue, it, to me, it might might be, I don't know, I haven't played there before, this is the first time, it might be harder to shoot a low score because the greens are running pretty slow, you know, because you had to think about hammering everything and instead of just a fast green where you could just play the break, at least me putting, I would rather play a fast green with a lot more break than trying to hammer everything. Yeah. But, I, I I don't know, the, the greens were really receptive to holding the golf ball where, where previously they they might have um, rejected a couple shots or especially around the edges of the green when it was fast. Uh, so probably some more greens and red, but the cold and the putting 
definitely weren't advantageous to to going as low as he did. Yeah, and uh, my my first initial thoughts on Northland were uh, really fun, super fun golf course. I, I loved that. Other than maybe a couple holes, like 10, 11, you can rip driver. I mean, you can get away with misses out there and still play. Um, they've taken a lot of trees out. But I just liked how, you know, I watched we I watched Tron Carter from No Lang Up. Um, his, uh, their crash course with Laz, who's a Minnesota native on there. And I think he hit it on the head. There's a very certain ruggedness about the golf course you know it's not like perfectly manicured because it you know it probably can't be with the soil type right on top of a big rock it's all, it's on the you know the hillside it's all you see rock outcroppings out there uh and to me walking around i kept thinking this is probably you know close to what the conditioning was like way back in the day in the heyday you know the 1920s um where you know, it's a pretty rugged, it plays fine. It doesn't, it doesn't look pristinely manicured, you know, like white Bear yacht club or somewhere does it play, but it plays good. It's super fun. Lots of, you know, lots of kind of quirky little bounces up by the greens and things like that. I could not imagine trying to get a ballada ball or even an older variety golf ball up in the air with, with a, a mid iron, the epitome of a, a four iron today into some of these holes where you're, 150 yards out and trying to get it to hold it would be it would be a challenge there back in the day for sure but wouldn't that be fun yeah i'm actually shocked that um duluth minnesota which was whoa whoa hold on breaking news here someone's in the building willis reed is in the house he's got barely got a voice but he's alive folks and uh, you know the younger generation would say it's a Paul, you know Paul Pierce appearance. <laughs> now nah, Willis Reed, baby. Um, I can't believe that Duluth. You know, and, and I looked this up in the car right in 1930. Duluth had 101,000 people, and it was like it was top 50 in America for largest cities. And at one point in the early 1900s, there were more millionaires per capita in Duluth than anywhere else in the world. I'm actually shocked there isn't another fancy like country club golf course up there. Yeah. I'm actually, there's, I'm, there's nothing. And yeah, it's gotten bad up there. Uh, we'll talk about Cloquet, which I think both you and I agreed was, was fun. And we'll get into yep. that outside of that. They shut down Lester completely. Uh, then they shut down nine of the 27 holes at anger, which is, is no more. Uh, so there's really kind of a black hole of golf in Duluth for, how many people there are is a mixture of superior and, and Duluth there in their so-and-so Metro. Jeff, before we move on here to our, to the evening, any thoughts on Northland? Uh Oh, Jeff looks frozen. Well, we'll get, we'll get his thoughts after our round two. All right. There he is. Can you hear me, Jeff? Yeah. Thoughts on, thoughts on Northland quickly with your losing voice. Well, I would say I was, just um you know i i was so surprised with first of all how they could actually build a golf course on that terrain that long ago you know when you walk up those hills and you see like just to your right huge giant i don't know if it's granite or what rock structure that they had a i don't know how they got it out of there 
I was just I was more amazed about how this golf course was even constructed or built without the technology. Are you saying it was aliens? I have no <laughs> idea. And that's like, be. I would love to have been there. And I know there was a lot of money. I know that they had you know the resources, but how much time and how much like desire do they have to actually build the golf course there is what's surprising me. But as far as the golf course goes, um, you know, you, you kind of, I don't know what you guys have already said, but as you kind of wind up, up the hill, kind of zigzag back and forth to make your way up to the top. And like Pete, the guy that we played with, had said, you know, at one point we're going to be, and he pointed up, you know, we just first started, we're going to be way up there. I'm like, how are we going to get there? You know, and you just kind of one hole at a time, plug away, plug away, and then you get finally to hole. Um, you know, the end of nine and the start of 10 and you kind of start making your way back and then eventually go back down the hill. So I, I just, um, you know, from a, the one thing that I think you, you guys probably touched on is, you know, strategic wise or strategy involved. Um, I was bummed that we didn't get to play it with the greens that I hear so much about. People have told me that those greens are wild. Lightning. We didn't get that. Yeah. We didn't get that full exposure and i'm guessing that i probably would not have broken 80 if we had the uh the normal greens i actually think it make, made it harder with slower greens i don't know i i don't know like knew if i know if i knew the golf course well enough to play you know blow holes like half the time i couldn't even know where the pin was on the front nine going up i three jacked so many times just trying, if you had a longer putt, just trying to hammer it to get it there, then going like six feet by and then missing the comebacker where you end up leaving that one short because it's pretty, pretty what were What were the putting totals? Because mine was 31 on the, the first round and 35 on the second. I don't know. I don't keep this track of those things, Tim. Ugh. A lot. All I know is the second day, Saturday, I shot three over, but I, bo I bogeyed 10, 11, and 12, and 10 and 12 were three putts. So, so I thought it was kind of like in my, I felt super comfy off the tee. I think I hit, never lost a ball, played golf off the tee, played normal shots. I struggled at times trying to hit the right spots on the greens. I tried to listen to somebody and probably got too careful. I think, you know, don't do this, don't do that. So I, you know, I don't know. I, and, and, um, I think there's at times you could be in a spot with the greens faster that you just can't get up and down from. And I think where we got it, we had an opportunity to get up and down. You know what I mean? Yeah. No matter where we were. Yeah, for sure. So, well, yeah. Lake Superior's dope. I don't, I haven't been to Duluth in like 10 years. I just, I was, it was a, such a, like a cozy, warm feeling. Tim is in his maroon sweater. Mike's got a sweater. It's fall leaves. I feel like we should have taken family pictures after the round out in the leaves. Well, yeah. <laughs> where we went later, we weren't allowed to take photos. Yeah, yeah, they weren't. No okay. cameras allowed. So speaking of the lake, we we made our way afterwards right down to the lakeside. We actually didn't get to the hockey game until the, like 16 minutes left in the game. I Oh, hold on. I need to update the listeners. I do have a win. I have one win on the Tim Mike battle, and that's a ping pong. Oh God! So I'm one okay. twenty-eight and two. So before we go to this game, we're waiting for an Uber, and I have I I thought I was decent at ping pong, and I probably am. Tim kicks ass. 
Is he good? Tim, yeah, hell yeah. Tim's got all spinners. I was trying to once I figure out how to return the spinner, we're gonna have some we're gonna have some solid games. Oh, there's lots up these sleeves. Some solid games. But Tim can Tim can play some pong, man. So I guess my question is what is Tim, what is your style? Like what kind of ping pong do you play? You're gonna are have you to constant back pat backhand everything, or are you Oh no. No, no, no. It's forehand, backhand. It just depends on the spin that you get. What are you, you can talking do with about it. top spin or, or backspin? Either or. Yeah, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna try to top spin many backspin shots. Right. Wait until they. Okay. Wait until they transition. Just envision but, Forrest Gump with Tim's face on it, <laughs> as he as a young boy in Iowa, just hitting ping pong just balls against the wall, in the just practicing against the wall. You are dead on. I had a ping pong table at home. The ceiling was barely high enough to fit it in our <laughs> tiny basement, a lot like yours. And there I was just hitting it off the back of the, the table at myself. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, but Tim oh, kicked love, my ass. It was like 21-12. I would love to take him on. Yeah, Tim was good. Uh, yeah, so we, we, we barely got to this fucking hockey game. We got there like 16 minutes to go. Beer sales were already closed down. Unbelievable. Yeah, so, so we couldn't even drink. You couldn't uh, wait 16 minutes for a cocktail. <laughs> no, we couldn't. We had a hockey game. No, it, what are you gonna? It, it's, you probably, gonna... For, it's probably for the best with how some people's uh, Sunday mornings started. But yeah, yeah, those guys. Yeah, we were. Okay. But like, I mean, you know, it's 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 hockey. It's not like you know, it's, you need some beer. I mean, it's otherwise it's not that wow. exciting. I don't even know what the hell's going on halftime in hockey. But uh, we made it. Well, then we go out. We leave. And these these guys are walking ahead of me, and somebody yells my name. I hope that I hope that somebody's not listening to this podcast because I had no idea who it was. So I, <laughs> so, so I stopped to talk to this person. You know, you know when you when you know when they know you and you don't know who the hell they are. Mike so is truly a celebrity now. You, you, you don't remember. <laughs> you don't remember who this person is. I'm sure it's somebody from my past somewhere. And I'm talking, and it's like I'm just nodding my head, like, oh yeah, yeah, okay, all right, yeah, okay, I gotta go. My buddies are leaving. So, so, well, I, don't know. I still don't know. I still have not figured out who the hell this is days <laughs> later now. But um, then I so I call Tim. Now I'm lost because I have no idea where I'm going. It's my first time in the arena, and they have they have this like maze of like tunnels or hallways or whatever. And these guys go follow the yellow brick road because there's this fucking yellow line in the hallways. Follow it and take it right at the curling. So I I follow the stupid ass painted yellow line all the way down the hallway. I'm like, there's no fucking, there's no curling around here. I get to the end. I'm asking all these people if they know where the curling club is. So finally, I just turn around and walk the other way. And there's Tim. Oh, I guess the line didn't go this way. <laughs> Generational <laughs> so, direction giver. Yeah, yeah. We went to the curling club. Glad that we did because whatever the hell that game was called, Crokinole or something like that. Some yeah, that Canadian, sounds right. I think it's Crokinole, Crokinole. I don't know. Crokinole, Crocodile, Crokinole. Uh, some Canadian curling club game was fun. I might have to get one of those for my house. So by now, for the listeners, Jeff has has long since went home. Yep. To be with his lovely wife and kids. I, I was out of there after the but we had to get some jazz in our lives. We did. We, told- we had to jazz. We had to jazz club it up. Duluth has a wonderful jazz club. They play jazz Saturdays from one to, <laughs> one to five, five in the afternoon. Five, I've, been, I've been told by by a reliable source there's jazz at the club Saratoga from one to five Saturday afternoons. <laughs> well, the funny part was I was like, yeah, there's a KJ's is right down the street from me. It's a block and a half away. I love live jazz, 
And here's Jake going, uh-huh. Yeah, you're going to love this jazz. <laughs> <laughs> Who knew? Who knew there was so much excitement in the Canal Park area? I didn't know. Yeah, And then we had the ghost ship out there. There is, oh, bring man. your families. There's so much to do in Duluth. The, uh, <laughs> bring the Club <laughs> Saratoga. <laughs> The Club Saratoga was like going into a time capsule from 1980, like four wood paneling, just old school as hell. Uh, uh, there was some entertainment in there, you know, hard work, hardworking entertainment. We'll leave it at that. But I was enamored, enamored with <laughs> they had a diorama. OK, for those who don't know, it's like a model, a diorama of their own bar with a bunch of fucking stuffed mice sitting at the bar. <laughs> Oh so God! Like yeah, I do remember that. It was like taxidermied mice. Like there was like thirty of them in there that they had. Like they're like white little. I think they were mice or some white squirrels or something. And they had taxidermied them all sitting on bar stools in this bar setup in this like diorama thing on the wall in the middle of, uh, we'll call it a nightclub, for lack of a better term. Um. So that was absolutely fantastic i was looking at that all night, you, like, what the fuck is this doing in here what a weird thing you've been to a couple nightclubs before uh <laughs> oh yeah many one one to ten six point nine out of ten probably oh god well what are we talking here we're we talking ambiance of the bar quality of the staff i at least the drinks were cheap because <laughs> <laughs> if it's quality of the staff we're there's we're not even <laughs> touching a four <laughs> so but uh but for ambiance yeah, well, it was great. Good time. The mice really brought it up. The mice. Yeah, we made, made it, it. We made it to bed. We made it to bed by like two, three. I think we probably didn't go to bed till like three in the morning. Good yeah. company. Good company, guys. Huh? I'm pretty Good sure company. one of the guys in the other group they stayed longer than Tim and I did because Tim and I had to get back so somebody could let us into their place to stay. But uh, one of the guys left his left his cell phone in the Uber, forgot it. And, then, and he was the one who hailed the Uber. So he, so he did, couldn't even call the Uber. And I believe, what was the story there, Tim? Did his wife have to look it up in the internet the next day? Yeah, I had to go. Was it was it Saratoga at 2.45? Does that sound right? Yeah, that sounds right. So his wife had to look up where it was. The Duke had to email them and say, hey, did you pick somebody up at Club Saratoga at 2.45 a.m.? Ouch. And they got his phone back. But the uh, next yeah. morning, too, rumors of, of folks, well, folks really hung over. Uh, fortunately enough, Mike and I stopped a little bit earlier than others. Uh, but then rumors of someone throwing up right before they got into the car to come back to Northland. So, you know, it's it's going to be a hot route there Saturday morning. I don't I don't know if uh, if it's just the club Saratoga, but fantastic butterscotch, whatever that shot was they were they gave us. That was that was a great shot of alcohol. I don't know what was that would all? be great. Because you you've got to do um, trick or treat. Oh, yes, butterscotch shots for cigarettes. the kids here. Yeah, the kids here in Minnetonka. Okay. <laughs> um, anyway, yeah. So the next morning, yeah, we played early because Tim and I had to play croquet. Um, and those guys, those guys came roaming in in rough shape, absolutely rough shape. Um, did their yeah. the golf scores reflect that or not? Uh, I played better. I think I shot 74 the second time around with, I was even on the front and then I bogeyed 10, 11 and 12 right off the bat and then made a bunch of pars again. I don't know. Played better. What'd you yep. shoot second on Tim? Uh, either 78 or 79. So yeah. right around the same and really just a problem with holes two and three and trying to figure out where my body was in space as I was going <laughs> over myself. 
Yeah, they were. They had the same pins on Saturday, so you knew exactly what things oh. were doing. They didn't move anything. But, yeah, good times in Duluth. Then we hit up Cloquet. Yeah, tell me about that. That's mm-hmm. a Donnie Ross nine-holer? Nine yeah, holes. so a, a pretty in-depth conversation with the um, the manager out there when we showed up. And I can't remember if I have my photo on my email tag or not, but he knew exactly who we were coming into the, the pro shop. Uh, they We were a couple minutes late after getting food and had carts set up for us, um, let us go out there for free and just the most hospitable staff. Then we go into the bar, grab a couple drinks and the couple folks sitting there at the bar yeah, we're chatting with them and, and ask us for the break 80 guys. Cause now we're, we're infamous. Yeah. Infamous the Beatles. There. It was like the Beatles showing up to cloquet. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so the story goes, uh, a Donald Ross design it, it, track, um, probably with land diagrams more than anything else, but the original land donated by one of the, the lumber tycoons back in the day. And, and six holes was originally constructed that were, there were Donnie Ross. And if I remember them right, it was one, two, three, four. And then 18. 18, and, sure. And I think maybe they said seven um, or eight. Nine. That par nine. five. Yeah. It's the fun par five. Yeah, nine. No, that was a good par five. Timmy, what do you think of Cloquet then? What were your overall thoughts? I think those first few holes, especially where you can see the Ross on for that par three, very good. That 140 yarder with the retaining wall, uh, very good. Number nine, that par five, uh, dog leg right. It had everything you'd want out of a par five. Tree lined with one bale outside to, to a certain area. Slope um, fairway. Super sloped, like half bowl to kick it right around the dog leg. Very fun. Uh, water down the right side, all the way to the green, a half or full horseshoe bunker around the green and a center line tree midway up the fairway on the approach after the drive, a really great looking hole. And then a pretty sloped and fun green. Once you, once you got up there, so really had it all on that hole. And then a couple of the Joel Goldstrand holes were, I thought pretty decent as well. So a very fun course in that regard. Yeah, I, thought, uh, I thought it was a quintessential, the, I don't know if I don't know if it's been a design or what they've kept. All of the Ross holes um, are very tree line, kind of classic Northwoods golf holes, with some Dollar Ross kind of bunkering around them. Uh, I don't know if Ross actually set foot there. I would I would guess he maybe he maybe laid some plans out for him. What did that guy say in the pro shop? That I think one of the guys that owned the paper mill in Cloquet there knew somebody Correct. from White Bear Yacht Club. And uh, so, yeah, so and Donald Ross really and um, Tom Varden, Harry Varden's brother, who yeah. was the he-, he was the head pro at like at White Bear, I think, for a long yeah. time, like yeah. twenty years. He was part of the in with the designing of it too. So it's kind of a Varden Ross, um, and then Minnesota's finest, Joel Goldstrand, did the other the, the closer, <laughs> the closer, yeah, the closer. Yeah, <laughs> they brought in the closer straight from Shadowbrook, Shadowbrook <laughs> to Cloquet, um, but actually. You know the Joel Goldstrand holes are pretty fun. They're 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 more open. Um, other than that one hole where we both thought we had good tee shots and it just got narrow in a hurry, so deceptive. 
I thought I was dead center down the middle and just got absolutely tiger proofed and, and barely stayed in. Did yeah. make a birdie though. Did there get it go. up, made that birdie. But uh, the, we were both playing well too. Yeah, I was two under on the front, 34. And then the cold set in and I just tanked, just fell yeah. apart in the cold. I was going to say, I caught back up to you there. I was two over on the front, made a couple birdies on the back, got it back to one over. And then it felt like it dropped 30 degrees. In the oh, last. God, it, got, it got so fucking cold. It was oh so gosh. bad. It felt like it was 32 degrees and windy by the end of that <laughs> round. And we were holding on for dear life. But yeah, no negative on the course. And, uh, and they were the, saying, the and they were, they messaged me saying that they, you know, they have aerated greens and it's a tough wind. And so hoping that you guys took it easy on sounds like it was a, a good I thought thing. the I thought the greens, yeah, they had been aerated, but they rolled. They were fine. Yeah. There was yeah. No, they were fine. I think, um, yeah, I liked it. It was, I bet you up there, I don't know what they charge for membership, but I bet you it's a pretty good value. No, they said it was something like, 500 down and 1500 uh, a year. So very reasonable. Yeah. And the other, the other very interesting thing, and Jeff, you, you kind of mentioned possibly playing in the tournament up there this upcoming year. They had just replaced quite a bit of the sand in the bunkers. It was a particularly mobile sand, but also very, very heavy to hit out of. I've never so, seen anything like it. I have never yeah. seen something. I don't even know what to compare it to. So what does that mean? Does that mean that the ball sat into the sand? We never hit a bunker necessarily. We were Mike and us and myself until the last two holes. Yeah, ball striking really, until the last two three holes where the temp dropped. We were uh, we were killing it. Yeah, uh, until I, I went out drop. of bounds on a par three with well, a seven iron. <laughs> it was real tight, real tight. Yeah, right. Iron. Yeah, fifty yards left of the green. Um, uh, well, but I, I did drop one in there. It, it almost looked like it was hard pack when you, you yeah. looked at the texture into the sand and then you get in it, you drop a ball, it set up fairly well, but it just, it came, it felt so heavy when you both stepped in it. And when you, when you swung through it, it was very interesting. Hmm. Well, I intend to play. I mean, I want to, I've obviously I got to get the boss to snow off on it, but they have that really fun tournament in July. Um, I think you got to, kind of hit your timing right. I think they offer everybody that's played in it last year an opportunity to sign up again, and they allow a couple other people. So I've got a buddy that's played in it, loves it. Very fun social event, so that's kind of what also intrigues me. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of a lot of things going on, dinners and stuff like that, outside of just the golf. So I think it'd be fun, and, um, yeah, I'm looking forward to actually playing in something that I haven't really ever done anything like that before. Okay. They, uh, yeah, what the guy, the guy said it was, and the pro shop said it was a, a pretty big social event. They have a pretty big, the setup is they have a golf pro shop that's separate from the bar and there's a big patio area and it's a pretty big bar inside, um, which they have bar popcorn, um, which should be <laughs> a requirement at any bar or golf course. It should always be a bar <laughs> popcorn because it's the goat. There's nothing better than solid bar popcorn. Oh, it's got to be super uh, salty. Here's well, I want to say you guys probably didn't know this about me. My first job ever working at the Mueller Monticello Four Theater. Yeah, I could sling some popcorn. Oh God, that I could fucking eat so many move. boxes of popcorn. That was my that was my sig move. Put Jeff on the popcorn and let him rip. Yeah, they also had a they also had a nice looking range and practice area. Yeah, uh, one of the best clocks I think we've seen. We decided it was not the Rolex, but the the Timex clock that they had out there. Yeah. And uh, 
a range that was completely surrounded by the, the tall, likely replanted pines. But- yeah, I don't know. They were they were tall. You know, I I have not played Ridgeview Country Club up there. Um so I can't speak on Ridgeview, but I have played Black Bear, which is the tightest, most miserable oh round golf ever. Cloquet has to be the second best, you know, behind Northland up there. That unless Ridgeview is better, I don't know. I've never been there before, but Cloquet was good. It was solid. Interesting. Ridgeview. What about the, what about the Moose Lake Nine Holer? <laughs> Jeff, 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 <laughs> Jeff won the nineteen ninety seven uh, junior title at. <laughs> <laughs> oh, big title. But I will say, like events, like events like that are fun because I think it's like a three dayer stroke yep, play. Day, you know, and I want to say like they give you even a practice round one of the days too. Like you could be. Those are fun. I always play the Birchmont Bemidji up that way. You know, on the other side of northern Minnesota for a week, and that's always fun, especially if you do it over time every year because you get to know people and yeah, um, super good time. So events like that are awesome. Cool. I was told that I was told Northland. Has a big event in this in August. Oh, yep, 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 yep. Buddies have already told me that we got to do it once. It's an invite where it's like match play, stroke play, then match play. Stroke play, match play, flighted. That would be fun. I think Christensen took it down last year. Could be Kevin Streelman's caddy, ex caddy. Yep, yep. Golf that dude. Awesome. Some yep. real hitters out there. Um, I was gonna ask. I don't. I don't know. I'm kind of late to the party. Did you guys ever touch on your one club at White Bear? We did at the beginning. Yep. Okay. Yeah, that I would that I would do more, for sure. Hundred percent would do that more. That was fun. Yeah, I I would be I would love to see what I would have shot. It I played the, I played a one better than Bogey Golf. That's really good. Yeah, well, I made. A I few like to do I, that with my golfers. I like to just walk around with one club, and just play the entire hole with it. So I've you know I've never thought about even what eighteen holes would be like, but I've done play like three holes where I just only use one club and walk around with a ball and a club. Yeah. From an, from an ease of like, like from a social perspective, it was the best because you're just carrying a club and maybe, you know, I had a towel, I brought a towel with me and you could just walk and bullshit. You don't have to worry about carrying a bag and think about anything really. You just, whatever. If you got to play a, a 90 yard seven iron, you figure out how to play a 90 yard seven iron or you try to anyway. Yeah. So yeah, it was sweet. Interesting. So some background on our last one to play up there, uh, on, on Ridgeview. 1921, designed by Don Herfort. So I had to look up Don Herfort because I wasn't sure who that was. But it, it sounds like he's the original Joel Goldstrand. Oh, oh, the, the man that the man that really brought uh, that brought golf to Minnesota. You know, for the masses. Huh. Well, interesting. Before we before we leave for the week or for two weeks, whatever, we have to talk about one more thing. And that is a little scientific. We're going to talk sports science here. Sports science. Ground force, we like to call it. Uh, Tim, big proponent of ground force. Likes to, think he, likes to think he actually uses it in his golf swing. I feel like it's more of a slide. But uh, your metal spikes that you decided to play in. <laughs> if you looked at my Instagram, short-sighted golf, Tim's fucking entire soul of one of his spikes basically broke off. It was clanking around like a... Weird, like tap dancing, fucking shoe on the cement. Yeah, I sounded, I sounded like I had flippers on, coming in off the, off the last green there. So much ground force, just couldn't handle yeah, it. Yeah, I, I could literally feel myself changing the gravitational spin of the earth. I was using so much force out of those <laughs> shoes. 
If I had, if you walked next to me, I would definitely give you the old Brooks Kepka face as you walk by me. Oh, it'd be <laughs> even better because not only is it clanking because of the metal metal spikes, it's also flip flopping because it's barely glued on at that point. It's just a scene. I look like a golf hobo coming off of that last green. And the beauty of metal spikes in the fall, you know, like a lot of courses say soft spikes only. But in the fall, when they're aerating these greens, the metal's only helping the aeration. It's even doing yeah. more aerating. I mean, it's I am, perfect. I'm helping the earth, and uh, uh, the grip is the grip is better. Also, I don't read signage, just so I can claim ignorance. <laughs> <laughs> the golf courses should be thanking you for helping aerate their greens for next year. I am available for aeration. <laughs> Although I would love to buy, I would buy if I could find in my size. I don't even care what color. Some FootJoy classics, the leather bottom ones. I, metal spikes. I would buy some. Found some on eBay today for this conversation point. Three hundred and ninety-five dollars. You can get them cheaper. I've sold. They must have been mint condition. They are mint, mint, yeah. brand new condition because they're hard to find. Yes. I have sold on eBay. I've probably sold. As a matter of fact, I have a few pairs here still, right behind me. Out boxed up still. I've sold about three or four pairs that I find out and about, but I, you know, I usually sell them for between sixty to a hundred dollars, depending on how good of shape they are. But they are in demand. If you put them on there, people are looking for them. Oh yeah, I classic golf shoe. Three huge purchases this evening. I was bored. What do you What do you do? One shoe glue. We're bringing them back, baby. We're fixing them up. Number two, very disappointed. No clubman in the locker room at either place. If if anyone knows me, they know I'm a big clubman guy. Uh, you need a good aftershave. You need to freshen up at the end. Um, no clubman. Uh, so I went and bought my fifth variety for the condo. So I've got a good assortment here. And then last, I picked up a pair of uh, metal spikes from Reebok that are brand new in the box, 10.5 <laughs> size. Oh my God, uh, Reebok! A nice, a nice white and and tan saddle. So going here, classic. Here would be a great get, and we got this. Could be good winter fodder here once we get into when we're really struggling for content. Reebok Pump, remember the basketball shoes? Pump yeah. it up! Oh yeah, they they made a pair of golf spikes. There's a yeah. pair of Reebok. They they would have metal bottoms, and their Pump golf spikes. They were made. You can look it up. I guarantee it. They were they in the 1990s. They were Reebok Pumps. Wow. Those would be sick to have. That's got to be a pretty penny to get. Uh, let me look it up right now. What do we got? You pretty penny. Know. Was that a pun intended for Anthony Hardaway? <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. There penny we go. Hardaway. I had a Penny Hardaway jersey in seventh grade. So good. A little penny. See, I was growing up during the, the T-Mac series issues. I'm a Grady. Oh, the T-Mac ones and twos? Make those a, a golf shoe. What'd you find, Mike? Let's see how rare these are. Have there been any sold on eBay? Ooh, they're what? Look at this, Tim. A pair of, they're vintage. They're even Greg Norman, your live guy. What a crossover. Vintage Greg Norman Reebok pump. A, only pair that have sold lately are a size, were a size seven. Ooh. And they sold for 10 bucks. But look at these bad boys. I don't know if you can see them. They got like a white pump on the side. Oh, that's nice. That doesn't yeah. look that bad. Nice. That's I wonder which, Reebok wonder which golf shoes. Can you can you imagine just after making a bogey step on the freaking tee box and you start pumping those sons of bitches up and how you Hell can, yeah. 
rattle you have to, oh, even better boys you pump those up and then you go directly into ripping the pants off for the first tee shot <laughs> the rip away pants oh. into your golf shorts yeah, now they're wingtips they're wingtips too somebody which won major did norman lose in those somebody won them for ten dollars there's not a single pair currently on ebay in the golf version available very rare interesting uh, well i want to uh before we sign off here <clears throat> segue into my halloween outfit i'm gonna go as live i'm gonna put i'm gonna cut out 54 holes into my shirt and then for the shotgun start just carry a shotgun around my around my shoulder oh, and you go could get in trouble for that only Once only in, okay in the burbs yeah the, buffalo the, anything the goes shotgun, in buffalo my shotgun cut 54 holes Shotgun start it. That that might go as live. Solid. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not sure what I'm doing for for Halloween yet. I've. Uh, I mean, I've obviously got all of my mock, my mock neck stuff going on, and I'm already a generational iron striker. So, Tiger Woods costume Arnie. always right up my alley. Arnie, so you could smoke. Yeah. Oh Arnie. yeah. I have I have the cardigan. I I can I can be almost any golfer that that I need to be. You know, I always like the Ty Webb classic from Caddyshack. Just cruising around with the white with the white pants and the nineteen like eighties polo. You know, talking talking with Danny Noonan. You have to bring your own drugs. Yep, great golf scene. Do you do drugs, Danny? Absolutely, he says. <laughs> every day, every day, every day. <laughs> oh, what a classic movie. Well, it was a tri- pleasure joining you. Hopefully, two weeks from now, I've got something that can uh, produce some sound. Yeah. We pr- and uh, again, a big thank you to Cloquet Country Club for having us out. A uh, big thank you to the guys at White Bear and Northland for having us out, showing us great hospitality, and to uh, the Jazz Club for being a good hostess of the, the group. Absolutely. It was a, uh, a great time. I would say we probably have a little more golf to talk about here in Minnesota on our next episode in a couple of weeks, huh? Looks like it anyway in the forecast. Yeah, rumors of Midland on the over the weekend. Ooh, well, rumors of opening. Meadows or uh, Stone Ridge could be a could be a Midland Stone Ridge weekend. Mm, I could work. I could try to work the Meadows connection too. As we, let's see what we got there. Haven't played pump there in a couple of years. You got to pump it like those Reeboks. Oh hell yeah! <laughs> anyway, all right, fellas, take, take it easy. Boys. Maybe today's the day I break 80 Want the ball to draw, but it keeps on fading No OB and no bogeys I gotta keep it on the 80, it's the gold Would you hit it on one? Straight up the gut, baby Now I got a wedge on my short game cravings Little bit of edge on the sport makes gravy So punch out the rough and tune to break 80 Break 80 Break 80. Break 80. Break 80.